those that are most vulnerable. So uh, God is at work in Ukraine. And I ask you to just continue to pray for the ministry there. Good. Well, um, we're, uh, we're going to move to our uh, series, our, our message this morning. And our, our first Sunday in this series, actually, I don't know if you remember, but was online due to a snowstorm. And, uh, and here we are doing our last one online as well. So welcome to winter on the North Shore. Um, but before we jump into today's conclusion of the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality series, let me mention that uh, as we approach Easter, we're going to be starting a new series starting next week um, called I Am. And we will be exploring who Jesus is revealed to be through the Gospel of John. The Apostle John records uh, seven I am statements in his Gospel. I am the bread of life. I am, I am the good shepherd, etc. Uh, so seven I am statements that Jesus makes and seven miracles that Jesus performed. John says at the end of his Gospel that there were thousands of things that he could have he could have written about, um, but he curated, he, he selected these particular stories for one reason. And in John 20, verse 31, he says, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. I bet, I just bet, that there are people you know who need to hear seven clear declarations of who Jesus is so that they can have the opportunity to discover him themselves so that they can believe in him and so that they can have life in his name. So I want, I just want to encourage you to pray about who you can invite to bring with you in the next seven weeks um, and just hashtag be a bringer. All right. So, uh, just a, a quick review as we look back. We've been in this series, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. We've said every week that, uh, that it is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. That the two things, spiritual maturity and emotional maturity, are inextricably linked. You can't separate them. Um, and, uh, and that in order to grow spiritually and emotionally, that we need to allow Jesus to have access below the surface level of our lives, below the surface of the iceberg that our life is, to deal with what is hidden, to deal with, with what no one else sees, so that, so that our attitudes and our hearts are truly transformed. And, uh, and so these are the chapters, these are the things that we have uh, looked at over the past few weeks, uh, the problem of emotionally unhealthy spirituality was week number one, declared, you know, stating the problem. And, and as we stated that, the book, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, suggests, Peter Scazzaro suggests, that the, the, the remedy for emotionally unhealthy spirituality is, first of all, emotional health or maturity, 
and secondly, contemplative spirituality, which really means just making room to intentionally be with Jesus. And, uh, and so uh, then we talked about knowing yourself, that you may know God. So, so being self-aware, seeing where the issues are in our own hearts. Uh, thirdly, going back in order to go forward. So dealing with maybe issues in our past that we've swept under the rug and we've not dealt with. Um, we can't just keep doing that. We need, to, we need to face those things and deal with them so that we can move forward. Then journeying through the wall, right? When, when we hit, hit, hit a wall spiritually, when we, we enter into a, maybe a desert season or it's called a dark night of the soul, that it's, that it's okay, that those are normal parts of our spiritual journey and that we need to embrace it, not, not run from it or, or try to avoid it, but embrace it and let God do what he's doing in those seasons. Uh, and then enlarge your soul through grief and loss. Uh, I actually, I had a friend this morning text me and, and just encourage me and ask me how I was doing. And I said, I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty well. I really, you know, I said to him, I, I started to feel this week like, um, you know, the fog has started to lift a bit and I can, I can see things a little more clearly. And he said, enjoy grief. God created it and it's a gift. Right. And, and it sounds like a weird thing to say, but I appreciated him saying it, that that in the season of grief, God is able to do something in our soul that, that, uh, that he can't do in other seasons. Uh, and then discover the rhythms of daily off, office and Sabbath. So really making space in our lives for uh, being with God. So last week, week number seven was uh, kind of a, uh, a summary of the emotional health component. So we kind of summarized the, the emotional health of the being mature component. And this week is kind of a summary of the being with God or contemplative spirituality component. Um, so this last, uh, this last uh, message, this last subject is called uh, developing a rule of life. And uh, maybe you're not familiar with, uh, with that phrase, rule of life. I'm just gonna, it's just a, there we go. Um, this phrase, uh, it's been around, the phrase rule of life has been around for almost as long as the Christian faith has been around. Some of you might know it better by the phrase spiritual disciplines, and it really means the same thing. Uh, a rule of life isn't about keeping rules, right? Living for Jesus is not just about keeping a bunch of rules. Um, but the word rule here comes originally from the Latin word regula, which, uh, which could mean rule, but also means like a routine or rhythm, as in regular, right? Regula, regular. Or something that is regulated, or kept consistent. And so a rule of life is about intentionally organizing our lives around our relationship with Jesus. I know we say we, we want to spend time with Jesus, and we want our lives to be transformed, 
so that the life of Christ is formed in us. But saying it doesn't actually make it so. Right? It will only happen if by our choices every day we actually spend time with Jesus and we actually surrender more of our hearts to him. We are not changed by our intentions, but we are changed by our actions. So to understand what we mean, let's go to Acts chapter 2. There's not much more exciting uh, for the follower of Jesus than reading the book of Acts and seeing the early church. This exciting new movement of Jesus' followers living an adventure of the Spirit and power of of Spirit-empowered faith and literally changing the world. But what was their secret? Well, I think they had a few secrets. But one of them is found in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. It says, they were continually, I'm reading from the New American Standard Version, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, or literally to the prayers. Um, so they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, literally in the Greek it's the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Um, so there was an ongoing commitment to make certain things, right? They were continually devoting themselves to make certain things a priority in this new community. The apostles' teaching, so regularly listening to the teaching of the leaders, to the, the fellowship, so not coffee and donuts after, after service, but doing life together as a family. This is the word koinonia, doing life together as a family with togetherness and unity is high importance. To the breaking of bread. So this has to do with communion, but also with sharing meals together, because the two were the same thing in the early church. Uh, So eating meals together and honoring the sacrifice of Christ together as they did that. And then the prayers. Um, Intentional times of private and corporate prayer. So these things were of first importance to the early church. They made time for them in their daily and weekly schedules above everything else. There was no chance of being distracted by the world because this was their world. Nothing else mattered. Right? What was the result of making these things a priority? Well, let's look at the the rest of the verses in this passage. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all the believers were together and had all things in common. They would sell their property and possessions and share them with, with all, to the extent that anyone had need. So they'd sell whatever they needed to so that Um, so that people who were in need were taken care of. Day by day, it says, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. Wow, that sounds amazing. 
And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. So the richness and effectiveness of their faith could be traced back to the things that they valued and the things that they prioritized. I want to share with you a little... Um, thanks, Pastor Graham. A uh, little illustration here. Right? So, um, in our lives, as we go about our daily lives, if we don't prioritize things, how many, how many know that um, if you don't have a plan, everyone around you has a plan for you, right? If, if we don't prioritize in our lives, then life just keeps happening to us, um, and it'll just keep coming. The, the distractions, the things will just keep coming. And so you, you get up in the morning, you know, you've got, you've, you've got a, a desire to spend time with Jesus, a desire to connect with him, but you, you get up in the morning and, or, or you know, your, your alarm goes off in the morning, let's say, and, uh, and you, you got to bed a little late, and so you hit the snooze button about three times, you know, and, and after the third time, you finally drag yourself out of bed, and you're like, oh, you know, I, I meant to spend some time in, in, uh, in the Word and in prayer this morning, but oh, I got, you know, I got an early morning at work, I got to grab a quick bite, hit the shower, um, you know, you, you get dressed, you got to clear the car off, and uh, get the car going, and, and uh, maybe shovel out the end of the, the driveway, and, and you, you know, then you hit the road, you get to work, and as soon as you walk in the door, you got stuff coming at you all day, and you're like, oh, I'll spend some time at lunchtime, you know, in, in the Word, and and, uh, and then just before lunch, you get a, a call about some personal matter, and you got to go deal with that, and, and then lunchtime's gone, and then the afternoon's gone, and, you know, just stuff just keeps coming, you know, these, these little things that maybe aren't are important, but they're urgent. I'm making a mess, and I'm going to have to clean this up later. <laughs> but they just keep coming, right? And before you know it, your day is full, and, and these these big rocks, these these important things that you really intended to happen, um, there's just no room for them. You know, your time with Jesus, your, your time... Uh, you know, your time of prayer or worship, uh, your time with your family, you just, like, everything just gets crowded out, and the important things get get pushed out by the urgent things, by the things that just keep coming at you. But if we make the decision that I'm going to make certain things a priority in my life, I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to make time with Jesus a real priority in my life. I'm going to make corporate worship a real priority. I'm going to, I'm going to make a point of organizing my life so that on Sundays I'm joining my church family for worship. I'm going to make personal prayer and, and scripture reading a priority. I'm going to make... You know, time with my family, a priority, or what, whatever those things may be for you, right? 
I'm going to make these things a priority. They're the big rocks. I'm going to put them in my life first. And then when medium-sized, you know, important things come, um, you know, we can fit those in, but we fit them in around the, uh, the more important things. And then when the, the lesser important things come at us, then they still come, they're still come, coming, but we fit them in around the important things in our lives so that we make sure that what really matters, uh, there's room for it. Folks, we have time for the things that really do matter to us. If we're truly prioritizing something, we will make room for it in our lives. And uh, I, I bet you make time to eat most days. Um, it's important to you. So you, you make sure that that happens. And, and we need to make room, make sure that we are eating spiritually, that we are uh, doing the things that we need to to grow and develop personally and spiritually. And so uh, Antoine, uh, uh, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, um, he's a French writer who wrote uh, Le Petit Prince. And uh, I, he's got some great quotes, but he says, a goal without a plan is just a wish. A goal without a plan is just a wish. I wish I was closer to Jesus. I wish I had a richer prayer life. I wish I knew the Bible better, right? We can wish those things, but if we don't have a goal with a plan, we'll never really get there. It'll just stay a wish, right? Many writers have compared, um, have compared a rule of life to a garden trellis. It's a structure that gives shape to the life that grows on it, right? You don't walk into a garden and say, wow, what a beautiful trellis. You hardly notice the trellis, but you notice the beautiful life that grows on it and takes the shape of it, right? So the, the plan or the things that you make a priority in a rule of life is not, you know, the plan is not the point. It's the richness of the life spent with Jesus and in pursuit of his kingdom that is the point. But the trellis are the, the, the structure, the things that we put in place to prioritize our life with Jesus. Uh, it's, you know, the, the, the rule of life is about not being, uh, kind of living under the tyranny of urgent things that keep coming at us but instead uh, prioritizing the important things that shape you into the person you truly desire to be. So, so what are these disciplines or these aspects of the rule of life that, we're, that we want to prioritize or that we're talking about? Um, and, you know, that's going to be a little different for each one of us. Uh, our, our lives, our experiences are different. Our journey is different. Our relationship with Jesus is somewhat unique to us. But, but here, are, here are the ones that are suggested in, uh, in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality in Chapter 8. Um, and I think they're a good list. Uh, I, there, there's actually a number of books 
written on this subject. Um, uh, you know, off the top of my head, you know, Celebration of Disciplines by Richard Foster is another great book. Um, there's a number of books by Dallas Willard that, uh, uh, including The Divine Conspiracy. You know, there's a lot of books out there about this. You know, spiritual disciplines are shaping our life around our journey with Jesus. But here are some of those, the things in that you might want to consider. Um, Pete Scazzaro breaks them up in these categories. So under the category of prayer, he has, you know, time in scripture, spending time just in the word. And there's a lot of great ways to do that. Not just reading it, but there's ways to really spend time soaking in it, meditating on it, thinking on it. Um, uh, silence and solitude. That's a real discipline for some of us, right? To, uh, to actually, uh, Pastor Pam just shouted from the other room, uh, right? Because uh, for her, that's, uh, that's a discipline for sure. Um, some of us, you know, we just love those times of quietness and, and solitude. But, but for some of us, we really have to work at it to just shut out the noise and, and to just um, get alone and quiet in the presence of God. You know what? God can do a lot in our hearts in those quiet moments when we just sit with Him and enjoy His presence. Um, daily office. That's, that's, uh, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, but that's, you know, carving into your life these, these punctuated moments of, um, just being aware of Jesus' presence. Um, uh, of study, right? Whether that's studying the scriptures, you know, diving into, a, a, an epistle in, or, or, or into the Gospels and really just studying a, a chapter of it, or whether that's uh, you know reading a, a great book that helps us understand the things of God. And then under the category of rest, Sabbath. Um, some of us are not great at um, you know setting aside time for uh, for Sabbath, just being, just stopping, just. Um, taking a break from work, taking a break from running errands, just actually stopping for, for uh, a day out of our, our week. And, uh, and maybe part of that too is, is corporate worship, right? So, um, you know, we may need to, to actually prioritize being with our church family and uh, whether, and, and, might encourage you, you know, as we're able to, to gather more freely and easily in the days ahead, actually not just looking on the, the YouTube or the Facebook live, but um, actually coming to 150 Basin and joining with our church family in worship. Um, the, uh, the discipline of simplicity, right? Sometimes our life is so cluttered, maybe literally our, our homes or our uh you know, our workspaces or whatever it is, and, and just simplifying our schedule, simplifying our, our space so that um, there's not this clutter uh, jamming up our, our thinking and our, and our, uh, our time. Play and rec recreation, those can actually be sacred things to take time to enjoy 
the beautiful world that God has given us and, and enjoy our family. Um, work and activity. So the category of work and activity, service and mission. So, um, you know, whether it's in our workplace or besides our workplace, finding ways to serve God, serve his kingdom purpose, I guarantee if you know Jesus as your savior, you have a mission. There is a purpose for you. And are you finding that? Are you finding, are you living with purpose or are you just kind of existing or just kind of going through the motions of living for Jesus? Um, care for our physical body. And, uh, you know, uh, eating well and exercise and resting well, getting good sleep. Those are, those are vital things. They're important things for being in a, in a, a healthy posture towards God, towards people, and towards the world around us. Um, and then relationships, emotional health. Folks, uh, this, this series that we've been on is not the end of our growth in emotional health. All of us are still on a journey, and we need to, we need to actually intentionally find ways to, to grow in our emotional health and emotional uh, maturity. Um, our, our family, right? Carving out time to, to, to invest our lives in our family, be with our family, and uh, have fun with our family, and community. And, uh, and that, that can mean um, worshiping together on a Sunday, but it also can mean um, being part of a connect group being part of a group of friends that just want to serve Jesus together and do life together. That's vital to, uh, to, to living for Jesus. And you might say, well, I don't have time for, to add a connect group into my life. Well, maybe that's a big rock that you need to think about making space. Maybe there's something that's, that's urgent but not important that needs to go so that you make space for being with your brothers and sisters in meaningful ways so that we grow together, right? So that's a great list. Um, but I, So I just want to say as we intentionally make room in our lives and in our hearts for Jesus, we will be transformed by him. You know, Jesus walked up to his disciples at the beginning of his three years of ministry, and he said, come follow me, right? And then at the end of the three years of ministry, he said, now go, go do ministry, go do what I've been doing. And in between that come and go, um, the, his disciples spent time just being with Jesus and in doing so, they were transformed, they were changed, right? So much so that when the religious leaders arrested Peter and John for uh, making a disturbance in the temple by healing a lame man, and, uh, and then, you know, preaching to the crowds that gathered around. It says in Acts 4.13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Can people tell that you've been with Jesus? that you've spent time with him in meaningful ways so that you've been changed, so that your life has been transformed. 
by the presence of Jesus. We want to be intentional about being with Jesus because we know it will equip us for what we need to do. We look at what's happening in Ukraine, and it may feel a million miles away, but I guarantee you, folks, that trouble will eventually come to your doorstep. There are challenging days that are coming. And, um, and you will want to be prepared. You will want to have a richness and depth of your relationship with Jesus so that you can stand every test and every trial. I look at these uh, brothers and sisters in Ukraine and, and the, the, the depth of roots, the depth of rootedness and strength and courage that I see them, you know, they're not running and hiding. They're, they're digging in and serving the, you know, young families and, and the, the, uh, the, the sick and, and the elderly and, and those who, who need help. They're, they're digging in and they're helping them and they're being a source for them. Why are they able to have that kind of faith? Why are they able to stand up against, you know, the, the challenges and the persecution? Because there's, they've, they've, they've dug in, right? They've, they've shaped their lives around their relationship with Jesus. You will want to have those kind of deep spiritual resources to draw from. And to have invested in your walk now so that when the day comes, you've got what you need when it counts. We have learned a lot together over the last eight weeks, but this is not the end of the journey. It's only a launch pad to continue to learn and grow through emotional maturity and contemplative spirituality or being with Jesus. So let me pray for each of us that we would have the courage to let Jesus transform us as we continue to make him our number one priority. God, I thank you for your love, for your faithfulness. I thank you for the things that we've learned together over the last few weeks. I thank you, God, for the ways that we've been challenged. Some of the, some of the things that we've been challenged with have been, at times even felt a little, a little bit of a sting, a little bit challenging. Maybe we even were tempted to get defensive, but, but I believe, God, you've been breaking through our defenses. You've been speaking to us. You've been taking us below the surface of our iceberg into the deep places of our soul. The, some of the dark corners that need the light of Jesus shed on them so that we can be challenged and changed and transformed God, today we commit to making you our priority. To spending some time thinking about what are the big rocks I need in my life? What are the, what are the things that I need to prioritize in order to, to be the person Jesus is calling me to be? That I wouldn't just have a wish to be closer to God or a wish to have a richer spiritual life. But I would have a goal with a plan. And that 
God, I would start to move on that plan and, act, and activate that plan so that I become the son, the daughter of the Most High that you want me to be. I give you thanks, God, for the ways that you're working in us. Change us, I pray, in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, thank you um, for joining us today. Thank you for being willing to not just hear the preaching of the word, but to actually take it in, actually consider, how do I need to shape my life around some of these truths? I want to encourage you, those of you who are going to be joining in connect groups this week to, to talk about this, that, that you would um, be prepared to really encourage each other, and maybe even challenge each other a little bit, that we would dig deeper we would shape our lives around our journey with Jesus. Folks, thank you for uh, walking with us. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe out there. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Almost for sure. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see you next week in person. We're going to have an amazing time of worship next week. So God bless you. Take care.